I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for a beautiful Vuelta Espana Wednesday stage. You're going to have to wait a little bit for the the big stages this weekend, some of which I I do believe will have full or close to full coverage. Thank the Lord. Um, Today we did not have that though. Stage 11 from Lerma to La Yeah, unfortunately, from La... I mean, yeah, on that point, once again, the most exciting part of this stage is going to be brake formation, particularly if the GC teams or Yumbo don't want to control it, and we missed that today. We missed the echelons the other day, so I know it is a big, an extra cost, but it's been... We are so used to full coverage, actually, um, yeah, in the Giro and the Tour. We're saying yes... The, the formation phase, the breakaway formation phase is interesting, but I will say the second that the break formed in today's stage, until the bottom of the last climb, nothing happened. I literally exactly, fell asleep, yeah. and I've never actually fallen asleep in a cycling race before, so today was a milestone in my cycling life. Yeah, you're right. It's like, well, what if Yumbo just control? What if a break of three went today, no one chased? It'd be super boring. Um, so maybe... You look at this profile, you probably don't want full coverage most of the time. I would, I will say, hit me up, anybody, but if you want further info, but they, we've got to find a way to locally record break formation if it's not being live broadcasted and someone quickly edit a little five, seven-minute package together so that when coverage comes back, we don't go from just neutral all the way to... Um, with the current race, we get to see something. That's got to be something they can do with, with just one or two motos, which will be there SD anyway. SD cards. Oh, SD cards, yes. They can store footage <laughs> that then can be transmitted later and viewed later. Recording. <laughs> uh, anyway, Lerma to La, La Laguna Negra Vinueza. It is rolly terrain, but mostly flat, to be honest, for the first 145Ks. Starts to go uphill for about 10Ks, and then the final climb, 6.5Ks, 6.7%. Uh, Dan Martin beat Roglic here when he got the sprint right in 2020. But today, there was... I thought it was less likely the GC group would win because Yumbo already got a stage win. Remco's sprint looks equal with Roglic. Do you really want to maybe risk putting Kuth on another gap like Roglic did on stage nine? And so, it I don't know what happened, Benji, but it looked like the break took a while to form. Yeah, a really long time, because I swear it was 50 kilometers, 60 kilometers until a break formed. But when it did form, it was one of those moments where, okay, damn, they're gone. A big group, they're gone. It's gone forever. And like, at these moments, I would love to like analyze the breakaway formation. Why did it take that long for a breakaway to form where there were riders that were GC riders trying to slip into breakaways? I didn't see any major reports of GC riders trying to do that. But in the end, it's, it's often just because... Breakaway riders neutralize each other in the way that, let's say, seven teams are involved in a breakaway and three teams missed it, then those three teams will probably neutralize that breakaway of seven teams. And there's that rolling carousel of teams that are missing the breakaway until there's a breakaway that 
almost everybody is happy with, that is almost unable to take back, and 26 riders on the road today. That is our breakaway, and it had some, some good riders in there. Ineos was involved with... I mentioned Ghana yesterday for today's stage. I truly believed in Ghana for this stage, in the same way that I believed in Lascano. Today's stage, Lascano missed the breakaway, but Ghana was here with his GC leader, Geraint Thomas. I'm, I wouldn't classify him under a GC leader in this race anymore, because he's on 13 minutes, but regardless of that, good climber, good duo to have in a breakaway, I'd argue, but depends on how you play them. Moscow's there with Vergarde, that duo for Trek, no confidence, no offense, but they are domestiques to me. Malar, Oski, Gregoire, all in for Gregoire, but Great there's a slight opportunity for Malar there as well. Yeah. That duo is really strong. Kron already won a stage, a bit of a, an, a forgettable stage, stage two after the Munchwick attack, but he still won one, and he's got that quality to be able to fight in this breakaway. Caicedo, you mentioned him yesterday. I don't know in what context you mentioned it. I think I disparaged him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> no, no, I said, I said he couldn't win, which he didn't. I say couldn't win, but she didn't, because he came like fourth or fifth from the other group. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a good rider. Maybe I didn't disparage him. I can't remember what I say. Um, <laughs> Piccolo was here as well as a teammate. Godon, Touze, Prodom as the three riders from uh, Agile Desert. Godon, I've actually kind of not noticed him too much in his victory in Brabant Sapel. Maybe, maybe in some French race he did some stuff. Jan Maas in the breakaway, Johansson, Arkas, Herada. Gerada's the only one of those four where I'm actually like, oh, he's got a chance. He's just Gerada. You mentioned him for literally every single breakaway stage, I reckon, in this Vuelta. Yep. Except for this one. Yep. What went wrong? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I picked this fucker for every stage, man. <laughs> anyway. Sean Flynn, DSM rider, comes from Tudor. Pretty talented rider in this breakaway, but not good enough to win this kind of stage. Obviously on for... Uh, I swear, I was young at some point in my life. I remember him being, uh, being a solid rider. When I know who this is. He was good in his last year at CCC when they were riding in an orange jersey? Or am I fucking stupid? Anyway. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Josom, also in the breakaway with Ocelain, Luis Leon Sanchez, Diaz Fagundes and Sanchez, three yards from Burgos. Leo Sanchez is actually not bad. Leo Sanchez yeah. is actually a decent rider. Oh, on Burgos, Piace. But... In that group, Benji, it looks really, it's big. It's 26 riders deep. The closest on GC is 20 minutes, Millard. So, or no, sorry, Thomas on 13 minutes. Not a problem for Yumbo controlling at the red jersey. They're happy with it. Uh, but realistically, 80% of this break has zero chance to win. Yep. Zero chance to win. And unfortunately, there isn't a great launch pad on this climb, uh, before the climb, rather. It is sort of just rolling terrain, but... Immediately, you can see that Kron, Kaithedo, maybe, Gregoire, the Ineos duo, and Herada and, and are really the riders that can win this, this stage. Particularly like Herada, yeah, ironically, I have. If you look at his Tour of Oman sprint, very, very good. So it's, I was expecting more maybe action beforehand, but then you think that, but then Groupama have Lewisowski. Yep. So where are you going to go on the flat with Aski chasing you or Millard? Ineos got Filippo Ganna. Where you're not going anywhere with him chasing you. Piccolo can can mark a move. So and the only other team with multiple riders are Burgos, Total, and Azure Desire. And you know, 
Total did try that and it didn't really work too much. But GC, were you surprised that GC? We we kind of called this it, in the, in part in the past. Roglic would have just gone for this stage for Yumbo, I think. Exactly, but the situation is also like yes, this is a one of the easiest to control Unipreto stages in the Vuelta, I'd argue, because there's been a few like the four thousand altitude meter ones to um. Valambre, for example, that was very difficult to control compared to this one, who is on paper relatively easy to control. But the problem is, Yumbo has realized that Evenepoel is a 50-50 chance of, of winning the stage against Roglic. So are you going to risk that? And also next to that, you mentioned it at the start, if Evenepoel does his acceleration for the stage, I mean, he obviously put some time into Kuz as well, into Vingegaard. So you're reducing the chances of two of your three riders with a 50% chance of Roglic winning the stage, which is not necessarily worth it, I would argue. And then on the quick step side, I just think they don't have the confidence that their team can control this and still be strong enough in the mountain stages that are to come because they're going to need every single domestique they want uh, that, they, that they have in the, in the Tourmalet stage and so forth. So I'm looking at energy replenishment for that team in the next, well, today and tomorrow, for example. So. And outside of them, I didn't believe in anyone doing no, anything. Why would because... they? UA wouldn't. For an Ayuso to win, and Ayuso crashed too in the neutral. Yeah, exactly. Ayuso crashed in the neutral. Looked actually pretty banged up for a second there. Went to the medical car, yeah. had like cuts in his shirts and looked a bit sore. But outside of that, Yumbo was keeping it at roughly 4 to 5.5, 5.43 uh, when it comes to the time to the breakaway. And I want to ask you this question before we get into the final climb. If you are Ineos going into the stage with Thomas and Ghana in the breakaway, I personally believe you have the high chance of winning with Filippo Ghana and not with Gary and Thomas. That's my statement. Uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree necessarily, but I do think to maximize the team's chances of winning, you like Thomas is not the favorite in a, in a sprint against these yep. punchers. And so, but he, he probably is the best overall climber in that group. Um, but yeah, Ghana's got the biggest engine of anybody in, in the whole group, obviously. But the final climb is, in my opinion, not hard enough for Thomas to smoke the Gregoires and the, and the Krohns and so forth. So uh, with, with I, timing, I, if, if they've had to spend energy chasing, yeah. that, then it's possible. So I'm saying that I would have seen Ghana do an early move and win in that way. You're saying that that early move could have also led to Thomas ending up winning because the other riders would have had to chase. Yeah, I think, and, and if Ghana wins and they don't chase him, that's beautiful. You still win the race. And if it gives G the chance to counterattack, I think that's the way to do it. But you're right. Like maybe, maybe Malar just can't chase and then, oh shit, the gap's 15 seconds. Are you going to chase? And so it's, that, that would have been the way to approach it. And they get to the bottom of the climb. Johansson's tried to anticipate for Antomache. He's brought back. There's too many, I think, uh, maybe FTJ were chasing. Uh, and yeah, forget about the, the GC group for now or for the rest of the stage, frankly. And it's been a pretty, <laughs> it's been a pretty straightforward well to Uni Puerto stage. So we're just going into this climb with, yeah, like a reasonably fresh group, to be honest. And... Also, Solar attacks for Total Energy, one of the teams with multiple riders. Yeah. I think even Burgos Biache were trying to keep things together. And you've got to remember, like, they, they all take a top 10 or a top 5 uh, in, in a Vuelta Stage 2. And then all of a sudden, your man's not even brought back yet. Also, this is kind of what you were leading to, Benji. 
Ineos put Ghana on the front and he just starts to set a steady rhythm or hard yep. rhythm, like as if he was McNulty and Micah for Pogaccia in a finish like this. And yeah, I, I agree that I don't think that's probably maximizing anybody's win chances on Ineos. Uh, my thoughts on this finish would have been that you either have Gena make a move before the climb even. That one I probably wouldn't have done necessarily, but if you do that, you might create a, a five to six man group with ruler type characters that Gena needs to beat instead of actual climbers. So that's a potential scenario. Exactly. And the second scenario is you use Gena stack on the on the earlier slopes of the climb, the 3%, the 4%, because if he gets the gap, which I'd argue is very possible because good luck following Gana on a 4% slope. Like, if you do that, you're killing your own race. And good luck chasing him down if he does have the gap. I don't see Molar being able to do that. I don't see the Burgas Domestiques being able to do that. So I reckon they would have had a much larger chance at winning this stage in Yos if they made an early move with Gana. And I believe Gana would have had a chance of winning the stage, a solid one. Yeah, like imagine he does go clear before the climb with guys like Mosca or Damian Touze or Johansson. And, you know, he's going to beat them easily on a climb like this. He's a really good climbing ruler. And as you said, the first three Ks average 5%. What happens when Mollard doesn't close it down completely? And then Gregoire is isolated. Krohn's got no teammates. Kaithedo's got yeah. no teammate. Okay, they might start attacking G, but G can follow in the wheels. They still got to close Ghana down. G's getting a sit. It puts G in also a better position. Whereas in this situation, basically Ghana paces the whole climb. It starts to get quite steep and you see the guys coming to the side and they're just waiting to then attack G and then Ghana is too tired to respond yep. to them. So now G, G's kind of put a target on his back saying, we think we're the stage favorites. And then everyone will look at G to close. And that's what happened with Kaithedo, no? Kaithedo goes, hard yeah. attack. I think Crone did pace a bit, but there were other moves. And G's having to chase it back. Yeah, Gary and Thomas is the one that really does the, the move to close it down. Uh, I reckon Molar helped a tiny bit as well for Rupama because he was also there next to Greg Warstad in the group. That was already very reduced thanks to the pace of Gana. And I reckon it kind of stopped when Kaithedo got caught. Because Kaiseido made a, a first move, got caught, and then it was actually silent for a bit. From two kilometers ago to 1.2, I, I would argue that distance from the finish line. And during that moment, we have Molar, who, who's trying to move up on the left side to attack on the left side, but he can't get through. And then he tries it on the right side, and it's so obvious, it's so telephone, season, his yeah. attack, that Kron just looks back and he's like, mate, I'm just going to ride a bit faster, and you're going to realize I, I've seen you attack. So... That attack was ruined that in that way. And then Caicedo goes again. And this is where he actually, it sparked something in me where I was like, oh, okay, who's going to respond now? Because like his gap instantly was pretty good. He's got that, he's got that punch, but not necessarily to out sprint the likes of Gregoire and Herrada. So maybe this was his best way of winning by doing these kind of moves. But there were people responding once again. And I don't remember fully if it was Gregoire or Herrada that was the one to to make the 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 bridge to Caicedo at the end. I think it was was it Crone or Gregoire started you know? moving. Herrada gets into the drops, two hundred meters to go. Uh, Herrada, that is Gregoire's in his wheel. Gregoire had been marking Thomas, 
but you know not looking like he could easily snap out of the wheel but not looking like he was dropping either and yeah Harada's just been brought without having to do he hasn't had to close a single gap on the climb he has been fresh in the wheels before the climb and he's just been waiting for this moment to do his sprint which he backs himself against guys like Crone who've done more work Gregoire, who's maybe not in his best shape, or maybe this is better competition than the French circuit. And of course, he'll back it against G in the last 200 meters, 300 meters uphill, and Harada just puts the torch on everybody. Like, really, really impressive sprint. Wins the stage easily. Three seconds ahead of Gregoire, not just like a sprint, you know, bike length. Three seconds, eight on Krohn. Kaithedo, he actually finishes fourth. And Thomas isn't, doesn't even catch up to him. He finishes fifth on 19 seconds. Sanchez, 24 seconds. And Malad Pradam got on Ghana. Ghana was on 116. Maybe he stopped. Maybe he stopped trying. He did come back at one point trying to close the gap uh, to Kaithedo or Malad that tried to attack across to Kaithedo. So, yeah, really impressive from Harada. Yep. He won a stage last year ahead of Rice, but then Uran beat him in the Pasha Uran battle on Tentudia, which is actually, <laughs> it was a very similar stage. Uh, yeah. He came third there. And this year in Oman, the result looks a lot better now given that Va he beat Van Hills, who was very good in the Ardennes, Jorgensen, who's a beast, and Van Servenant. He beat them in an uphill sprint on 2.6Ks, 7.1%, and the last uh, 600 meters was 10.5%. He, he torched everybody in that sprint. So he has form for this, and it's the perfect stage for him. But you've got to get in the break, and yeah. you've got to be smart in the break. And he was, and he also brought the legs with him. So, yeah, really impressive win from Harada. Um, and Kofidis will be very, very happy with this season so far. Exactly, especially with the victories they had at the Tour de France already. Combined with this, they're actually having a really good season. And that's arguably good to see because I've always had this feeling when it comes to the French World Tour teams that you had Rupama, who arguably did not have the best Tour de France in the world. <laughs> But when it comes to the Vuelta, it's cool to see that they have the, those youngsters here and so forth. And Denage Desaire is like the, the French World Tour team that doesn't know how to spend their money properly. So they overpay uh, riders that have a palmarès but don't necessarily have the potential for great results anymore. Like they did with Greg van Avermaet, like they might be doing with Sam Bennett in the coming years as well. And just that combination, everything combined there is like, Coffet is, uh, is the one that stepped up and Arkeo stepped up and... I'd argue Coffet has really stepped up this year, but Arkeel's kind of in the in the corner. They're, getting, no, they're a bad team. They're not World Tour level team. They're getting they're getting stomped. Okay, that's yeah. kind of <laughs> they got promoted to World Tour because of Quintana yeah. and the bullshit points rules that were in place. Without Quintana, with a change to the rules, they look very very different in that UCI point standing. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, it's good that Coffet is. It's just good that other teams are winning races, like that aren't UAE or Yumbo. Yeah. Um, like Question. Now about Ineos for one more second. Don't want to make this like an Ineos bashing fest or something, because actually I would have loved Thomas to end up winning a stage like this to, to fight back from falling out of GC and so forth, or I would have enjoyed seeing Ghana win a stage like this. But is this the Ineos management that is so standard when it comes to strategy all the time? Or is this Thomas claiming his top spot versus Ghana in terms of hierarchy in the team? Um, I don't really know. It's hard to know. Maybe, maybe Thomas told Ghana to get on the front and just pace like he was 
Bagatta and going to torture Rada and and uh, and Gregoire and Crone. Maybe the card said that was the best thing to do. Maybe Ganna said, "I don't feel very good. I think we just go for you today, G." And yeah. he won the stage yesterday. Well, maybe he did. He looked pretty good. <laughs> no, of course, but all, you know, maybe he didn't feel confident that he could win. I I don't know. Of course, yeah, it's very hindsight, but was also saying that we we can send the text receipts at the time me and you were texting each other like what the fuck are they doing like they're <laughs> act no they're acting like they yeah. don't know who Harada and Gregoire are G will smoke them on Tourmalade don't get me wrong but this ain't the Tourmalade 6k 6% first 3k is a shallow it's a puncher's finish and you need a sprint uh, and, and if G goes solo and he does get a 10 second gap well he's going to be really hard to bring back don't get me wrong um but you need to but, create that situation, and that situation will not be created by Ghana setting a steady tempo for the majority of the climb. Especially because you know G will be marked on a finish like this. So use that. Use that to your advantage. Make a move with Ghana early on. Then you're putting the other guys in the chase, and you might have a chance with Ghana of winning the stage, while Thomas can benefit from the rest like you mentioned. So yeah, uh, I just feel like they're always stuck in their standard strategies, and it's costing them victories at the moment. Yeah, or maybe... Maybe Harada was unbeatable today, uh, yeah. but certainly I think G could have run a bit closer. Um, he had to do a lot of he, a lot of work was left to him in the last two Ks uh, when it was steep, and uh, the other guys they looked at him predictably because he's Grant Thomas. But you know he takes some time back on GC. Maybe maybe he goes again, um, but in a breakaway to take more time back. Where is he back up to? He's now on seven thirty four. Maybe he'll go. Yeah, even breaking the top ten is going to be difficult. But we haven't spoken about the best part of this stage. The GC battle on the final climb. Man, what because the hell? Because had a puncture before the climb started. That's a thing oh, really? that happened. So that's something that happened. And then I swear nothing happened until the last kilometer where we are. Well, just to, just to say it, like on the climb itself, all the GC teams were riding next to each other until Quickstep kind of moved to the front and we're like, nah, we're putting a block on it, which I never really like when teams block the road because it, prevents other teams from being able to attack, you know, but do you see what it as Malazar What was Remco doing, man? Like, on this finish, if you're Remco, you know that you've got a punch that is better than Kuss. You know that you got a punch that is arguably better than Vingegaard, but not necessarily might create a gap. You're not getting bonus seconds, so it's all about getting the gap. If you do go for something at the end of the stage, because now he had like a little sprint thingy at the end of the stage, but nothing serious, so nobody was actually gapped. If you do want to get gaps, then sprint all out, or don't sprint at all. But don't do like the little sprint thingy, that's nothing serious. Oh, I think he tried full gas in the sprint. Well, that didn't look full gas to me. Well, then what's he doing? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, <laughs> I don't know why you would put the block, I think, was he trying to help Otterbrooks gain free time by putting the block on? I don't know. Because Kian went up the road and he eventually... Oh. Um, maybe Darth he was... Erasure. Well, he... Alterbrooks well, was up the road, but then he got reeled in and, like, he might have had a decent gap at one point when Quickstep put the block on. I don't know, like, it was a self-neutralization. Yumbo, obviously, they also didn't care about doing anything, so... Yeah, Kelderman marks a Carthy counterattack. He actually finishes first of the GC group uh, with Avonapool coming in hot with Kus on his wheel, so... I'm just looking at the results. <laughs> it was uh, fucking boring for GC, okay? <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's fine. I didn't expect... It's not like yeah. it was going to be a make-or-break stage anyway. It was just... It's exactly. funny how they, the teams all approached the uh, the final climb. I also finished in the group 
seemingly quite fine so hopefully he's not too affected by that crash uh maybe it would have shown up in the sprint if he was gc is unchanged in the top 10 still coos leading um that's all from this stage benji not the not the make or break stage uh i don't think for this welter exactly and when it comes to tomorrow's stage it's not exactly the the make or break stage either it's a it's a sprint stage it's a stage of 152 kilometers yes there's a hill in there but it's 2.8 kilometers at 3.7 percent even though kind of looks like 40 kilometers of uphill in there but it basically starts at 1000 altitude meters then drops to 600 in the span of 25 kilometers it's a small hill in there that might help creating the breakaway which is like two kilometers at 5.6 percent but then it's got like 55 kilometers of falls downhill then 55 kilometers of falls uphill then 55 kilometers of falls downhill and that's more kilometers than there's in the stage so my math is wrong <laughs> i wonder if everyone's sick of helping alperson now and maybe alperson will be people don't want to help them anymore because or yeah or they saw bearded man winning and are like "Ooh, we've got like this this third fourth year sprinter that might end up winning if something crazy happens who's more likely to win this sprint Dainese or Sean Flynn? The Dainese? No, no, Sean Flynn from a break, sorry. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Um, I think probably still Dainese. I think so as well. Dainese does, like, this is what he does in the Giro, right? He's like 11th, 9th, 10th, and then wins. He's done it two <laughs> years in a row. So yeah. maybe, maybe DSM do have to trust the process and stay with Dainese. They're the only team I... I can really see that happening with UA. You're not going to pace all day for a Milano stage win. That's just not happening. So you it's can also combine. DSM. You can also combine and have like a rider in the breakaway while having your team yeah, behind that's going for Dainese because you don't necessarily need the entire support around your team, especially with sprinting like this. I'm also curious if we'll see Marin van den Berg again. Um, what other sprinters are still in the race? Milano still in the race? Yep. Um... I don't believe in a, a second bearded man victory for Total Energy. Ghana for a soup. Believe Ghana, Ghana actually. Like, what does the final look like? Is it is it sketchy? I'll bring it up now, but yeah, I don't. I also don't think Ineos are going to control the stage for Ghana, but I think for sure, yeah. if he wants to, he'll be entitled to go for his own result in the sprint. Especially uh, yeah. now. Yeah, especially now. Um, should Thomas lead him out? Yes, he should. In my opinion, he should. Yes. Uh, it's reasonably technical. They go, they finish in town. I think it's on a decent-sized road in Zaragoza, around the old town. But yeah, there's some there's some bends, and it's a sweeping bend. It's a roundabout with not that far to go. So I think Ganesh is going to try to win it at, in a sprint. I don't see it in a flyer. I think he'll try to win it in a sprint like he did the other. Uh, yeah. Back against Groves where he came second. Um, but yeah, we'll see how they go. Groves will be the favorite. Alperson will be going for win number three. Yeah. I am going to go with Dainese. Okay, I'm going to go with... Why not three stages in a row going all out for Lipo Gana? Why not? He won the time trial. He went all out for Thomas today. He's he could have done the all out with Thomas's help tomorrow. Yeah. He could have. I mean, he's <laughs> only got the first one, the, the Divmo in the mountain stage, and the um, sprint is the more difficult two to put together. But yeah, he's... And they'll surely go from tomorrow. Um, any, stage, any other news? Stage 14? Isn't that also a break with stage 15? 
15 is, yeah, but that's pretty difficult. That's like a Michael Storer, maybe. I mean, he could he, he could win that from the break. He actually could. It's a 6 percent climb. Lascano versus Ghana is going to be that day. That'd be a nice, yeah, that's a really, and that's, it's in Pamplona where it starts, where Movistar are headquartered, so they'll surely want to win that stage and be in the breakaway. Uh, Aaron yeah. Brew, is he here? No, he was at the tour. Wait, where's he now? He's in Not Canada. Probably. Yeah, he's in Canada. Oh, he's good in Deutschland, actually. Uh, and news for Movistar as well, they've been having, I think, trying to find a co-sponsor for next year. There was rumors of Saudi Arabia coming in, and apparently Saudi Arabia, one of their telecoms group, have bought the larger share in Telefonica, which is, the, which is Movistar, their sponsor. And so maybe, indirectly, they'll get some more money through that, even without getting a co-sponsor. Uh, those questions were put to Eusebio and Zue, but I've got to read the, the marker uh, articles and various articles about his response just yet. So maybe Movistar gets some, a cash injection from that. Yeah. Maybe they get the cash injection for the Rodriguez payoff. Uh, other news was Ben... Did we mention Sam Bennett to Azure Desire? Uh, well... It was already very strongly, very rumored, nearly yeah. confirmed already before, but I reckon it was Daniel Benson that basically confirmed it on uh, on the new uh, GCN side. So. I actually knew. Oh, I just never say oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they need Fact. him. They need him. Um, they need a sprinter. I know. Listen, is he in his best shape of his life? No, Tour of Britain. He, he won't shoot a gap to save his life at the moment, but maybe in a different environment. Not against Coy and Van Aert lead out. They need points. They need a sprinter. It's better than um, who's your man that they had that's like thirty five. Who's your man that Mark they have Sorrell. that is for? He's better than Mark Sorrell. Bruh. how dare you disrespect Mark Sorrell? <laughs> like, I don't hate them getting a sprinter, but I must believe that they're overpaying him in the same fashion that they did with Greg Van Avenaert based on the Palmarès. It can't be that Bennett is that cheap for Ajaxer. And for the results that they're likely going to get with him, there's probably cheaper, cheaper alternatives that don't necessarily have the reputation of Bennett. Yeah. Like who? Aula. What? I, I would have gone for Vernon over Bennett. Hmm. Depends on the money. Depends on the Like money. Bennett won't have a... Who's going to be his lead out? That's a very, very good question. Is Lauren's Nassen staying? I don't, I don't know, know yet. Look, look at their confirmed. roster. Apparently, so Citroen are going out of the team. Uh, they're leaving co-sponsorship. I don't know <laughs> Not why. Not surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where did the money go? Greg van Avermaet. I think you pay Colson for that much money and you see him drinking beer during a tour stage. But hey, Lafay is now also rumoured, if I recall. Yeah, that's a rumour. I think it might be done too. Um, but I also heard that it wasn't as much money as the Parisian said. Really? Uh, so yeah, I heard it's not as much as that. Like a decent chunk of change, but not like it's not two million. No, 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 no. Because I heard, I heard Cofidis offered one point five, and mm. I would argue that Ajazer probably gives more than one point five. Then, if because like otherwise, I I'd stay at Cofidis. <laughs> uh, I heard it was much less than uh, what everyone was saying. But regardless, uh, his lead out Bennett could be uh, what's his name? I can't say it. Pierre Gotora, he's actually not bad, this guy. He's actually a half-decent, like, he comes, he wins some sprints and he's young. I think maybe he could be the lead-out. 
Uh, Damien Touze, Godon, Bonamour. Yeah, it's not great. Maybe they, <laughs> there's only 18 signed, so they got 10 spots left to announce. So, yeah. Um, there's spots left, but it's not easy to get a lead out these days, huh? It's not. You also have to then, are they going to extend O'Connor after they just extended Felix Gull? I think they did that before the tour, so maybe they got a discount on that. I think, I think the Walsford and Popple duo will be golden next year. You reckon? Yeah, I truly believe that. Because Van Poppel's a bloody good leader, let's be honest about that. He's been beating... No longer best in the world, actually. Um, I agree with I that. I think he lost it this year, yeah. Nah, I, I have to believe that it's partially due to the fact that he hasn't had a top sprinter with him this year. Yeah. I think like, it's, it's hard to shine as a lead out. Like, Vanderpool is also on the list. Like, you've got Wout and you've got Vanderpool. They're both better than Van Poppel. I know it's not their full-time job, but really, like, who would you actually rather have as a lead out? Last man. I don't know who of the two I choose, actually. No, no, over, in, instead of Van Poppel. Well, ob obviously one of those two, because they're yeah, also yeah. better riders next to being a lead out. So that, that's also in, in the equation. But also next to that, I don't know who I choose of the two, because based on the Tour de France, Vanderpool might might relegate himself for my victory, so that's also a value that Wout van Aert might not do. <laughs> I'd probably take Van Aert. Yeah? Because he has slightly smoother power. Uh, I think he's, I th I'd probably take Van Aert. Does um, it depend on the type of sprinter you are? Because I reckon Vanderpool works well for Philipson because he has that acceleration kind yeah. of sprint. I think Van Aert, if you want someone to deliver you at a steady, really high speed, I think if you put Van Aert with Groenewegen or Wellsford, You'd see them winning by some really, really yeah. big margins. Um, whereas actually, Coy hasn't won those Tour of Britain stages by huge margins. Like, he, he doesn't seem to go faster than Van Aert after he kicks. Uh, he holds the, the gap, and, but he hasn't... It's not like he's winning by six bike lengths. He's winning yes, basically one four in a row. But I do want to add, while I fully agree that Van Aert being a lead out for Coy is super impressive at the, the Tour of Britain, they're also riding against the... A B and C tier sprinting well, competition, eh? Well, yeah, against the lead out of Sam Bennett that is beating Sam Bennett all the time. So, like, that, that is not the competition that you'll see at the Tour de France. I do expect Fanart to be one of the best lead outs at the Tour de France regardless. Um, if he's there, then he would be the best lead outs if he does that. But it's also not necessarily making me say that Koi is now the top sprinter in the world after Tour of Britain. That's still Philipson. Koi might be entering the the fourth or fifth position for me, but not in the top three yet, I reckon. No, no. It's each win doesn't really tell you anything new. The first win told you all you really needed to know. Uh, the tour and How many world tour wins does he have in his first twenty-five, Koi? Like, do you feel like he's had a bit of a Bauhaus schedule? Two I as think. a consequence of GC riders? Three, I he's, think. Three, yeah. Two Polonia, one one Paris. Uh, I reckon he, the second they put him in big races, he's going to win. But it, well, put it properly out. He won a parody stage against pretty yeah. good competition. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I agree. Yeah. Because, like, at UAE Tour, he's there, but he's not getting the lead out of, like, Fanat or of Laporte at those races. If, if no. that lead out is at that race, then he's likely winning a stage there pretty easily, I reckon. Maybe Jake Paul can be his lead out because he's. Stating Jutta Leerdam, who's a Yamba Visma speed skater. And yeah. He was spotted. Yeah, spotted on her Instagram riding around in a Yamba Visma helmet. Maybe. What's your take it, on that? 
I mean, I always, I think I'm <laughs> called Moraine. We're talking about something else, Zayman. And I said, you know, you know, you've got like a billionaire basically who's in a relationship <laughs> with like one of the Yumbo athletes. And he's like, he didn't know what Jake Paul was, or he maybe knew he was famous. I was like, he's okay. Whether you like the guy or not, you cannot deny the fact that he is incredibly famous. And yeah, um, yeah, maybe if they can. <laughs> Give him a stagiaire role. You won't have a problem finding a sponsor for 2025. <laughs> like that's for who, sure. Who what would what would sponsor the team then? Because I, I know he's got like a betting website, Prime. and I know he's got like. Uh, <laughs> well, his nah, he, he, is that his brothers? Yeah, that's his brothers. He won't be very happy with that. I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Because um, uh, there was this drama that he didn't want to have Prime at his own event to promote right. his brother's stuff. But hey, I, I love YouTube drama, so. I'm always, I'm always. What would uh, the sponsor be if Jake Paul was on Yumbo Visma? Maybe his. Uh, I rec. Uh, I recall ha him having made like a, a UFC faction of like <laughs> a gr an agency of fighters. So maybe that could be the sponsor because betting betting companies won't work in in, in the in the Yumbo team. Yeah, I reckon yeah. from next year or, or the year after. There's yeah, some rules coming in. Teams, yeah. So um, I don't. Know, maybe he just needs to make a new brand. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of like negative response always when something like that happens. But it's kind of like, on one end, yeah, he might he he doesn't have the best reputation, and I'm not necessarily a fan. But regardless of that, the amount of people that he could introduce to the sport, oh, exactly, is gigantic. And listen, he's just going for a bike ride for leisure with his partner, <laughs> who's who's a speed skater. She's not a cyclist. But you're right, yeah. like the fact that. To millions and millions and millions and millions of people who are not ordinarily watching, just put road cycling, you know, as a sport to the side for a second, who are have no opinion or maybe a negative opinion about cyclists. I think it's good to see athletes, particularly probably for the male twenty to forty demo, um, not promoting cycling but just showing it as a nice leisure activity. It's just a positive thing, even if you don't like the guy uh, personally. I think it's good for Good for cycling more broadly, as you said. But yeah, that's uh, obviously wasn't the biggest stage in the Vuelta because we've gone off on a bit of a tangent then. <laughs> um, maybe he'll give up boxing and he'll turn into... No, nah, there's no way. He's got too much too much um, upper body muscle to be a cyclist. Or maybe he can be a lead-out guy. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. We've got a sprint tomorrow. There'll be no lead-outs there because there's none in the Vuelta and uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be a breakaway. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.